0: Ohio, I invite you to stay tuned for the next hour for a live discussion providing biblical answers to life's questions. Here now is your host for tonight's edition of Transforming Lives.
1: Well, we want to welcome all of our listeners this evening to Transforming Lives. This is Joe Propri, our host for this evening, and I'm joined by Pastor Glenn Dunn and Pastor Gus Supin. We're grateful for your turning in, tuning in to us again tonight, and tonight uh, we're going to do something different than we've been doing the last few weeks. Normally, uh, those of you who've tuned in know this, but for new listeners, we typically take a particular topic of some sort and uh, begin to address it from a biblical perspective. And, and our passion is to um, let the listening audience know that the scriptures that God has given us are sufficient for everything we need for life and godliness. The reason why this particular program is going to be different is uh, we have the privilege of having a guest with us tonight, live from uh, uh, South Carolina, and he is none other than Dr. J. Adams, the man who uh, brought biblical counseling back into the church through his major work, Competent to Counsel, back in 1970. And Dr. Adams was uh, the man who basically transformed my whole ministry as I began to become acquainted with uh, an approach to helping people from the Scriptures. And uh, we're going to talk to Dr. Adams. He's with us. Uh, Jay, are you on the line now?
2: Hi, Joe. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing wonderful. And you? Pretty good. Well, we're really excited about you being with us uh, tonight uh, for the next hour, you listeners, I want you to know that Dr. Adams will be with us. And you can call just as you normally would call and talk to us about different sorts of problems you might be having and uh, questions you have about different sorts of things. But tonight, we not only have our normal panel, we have Dr. Adams with us. You can talk to Jay Adams yourself by calling us. And let me give you that number now. It uh, Toll-free is 888 Nine six seven three, and if you're local here, it's two one six nine zero one zero nine three three. You can also catch the program live; we're streamed on the internet at whkwradio.com. dot com. Now, um. Uh, we'll be repeating that number often, so if you didn't catch it right away, get uh, ready with pencil and paper. In a little bit, we'll be saying that again. But Dr. Adams, we're we're excited that you're here, and and you know um, that I've told you this before personally, but uh, I have to thank you as well as the men with me and probably hundreds of people that are listening for the input that you have had and the effect you've had on many of our lives in the ministry and for those who care about helping people through trusting God in His Word. We we just want to say thank you at the outset.
2: Well, very happy to be of any use at all. But, uh, hey, Joe, uh, tell me who your other friends are there. Yes. I uh, didn't quite catch the names as they were announced.
1: All right. Uh, one of the fellows is Pastor Glenn Dunn. Uh, he pastors a Cornerstone Church uh, near here, near Cleveland here. A Glenn good, Dunn.
3: Bur- uh, hi, Glenn. How are you, doctor?
2: Make it all J, will you, for all of you? Okay. All right.
1: And, uh, and the other fellow is a good friend, Pastor Gus Supan, friend of mine for a number of years.
2: Hello, uh, Jay. Hi there, Gus.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're glad you're there.
2: Okay.
3: I had the uh, privilege, uh, Jay, of having you in my office. You likely don't remember, but uh, seeing you counsel um, some folks and, and uh, watching a good expert in the Scriptures at work, like a skilled surgeon— and um, I would just encourage folks to call tonight as they have opportunity to listen to the program that uh, you might talk to a, a good surgeon of the Word of God in the matters of uh, the needs of your soul. So it's, it's, it's great to have you join our program tonight.
4: Jay, uh, to be this here. is uh, Gus Soupan again. I had the opportunity of meeting you at the uh, Nang Conference in uh, Niagara Falls uh, two years ago, I think it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, uh, uh, Jay... We're going to tell people a little bit about your um, qualifications and all those fancy things in a little while. But what I wa- what I thought we could start with uh, with you tonight is um, what got you started. Uh, what motivated you to uh, produce the work Competent to Counsel, which was revolutionary. And of course, since that time, you've written probably over a hundred books. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
1: What, well, what kicked this thing off? Uh, what, what gave you a passion to say, something must be done, uh, and, and I need to write something. Nothing is out there.
2: Well, I was a pastor, of course, and uh, like most of the pastors at the, uh, during the time when I was uh, graduating from seminary, we didn't even have courses in counseling. Uh, in some ways, that was good, because some of the courses that came later on were the wrong kind but we got really no advice whatsoever about how to handle people who had difficulties so i went out to the pastorate as a young man and uh got into difficulties <laughs> had mm-hmm. people who had problems and uh i Imagine. didn't really have the answers to them so i would the best i could do i just scrambled as uh, for, from my knowledge of the scriptures that i had and tried to help people but i really wasn't helping people very much and uh <clears throat> so I went on that way until eventually uh, I went to seminary to teach preaching. I didn't go to teach counseling at all. And uh, because I was a new guy on the block uh, and nobody else wanted to teach the counseling course, uh, I was thrown that course. Well, now, of course, I had my own problems in counseling, and I was supposed to teach other people. So I really had to scramble then. And there was an awful lot of, of uh, intensive Bible study. There was uh, I went to I did everything I possibly could to uh, try to find what uh, I would do for my students. I think I read every book in two two libraries, good sized libraries, on counseling and on psychology and so on. And uh, <clears throat> I got some help, but not very much because there wasn't anything that was really biblical. And uh, so eventually. Uh, I had to work things out as a result of that that problem, and I had to have a text for my my students and i couldn 't find a text anywhere, so I wrote one i didn 't write competent to counsel to be uh, published; I just wrote it for the students, mm-hmm. but it was uh, back in the days before we had printers and uh, all that kind of thing and uh, i had uh, had it published in in uh, um, um, a mimeograph form couldn't even think of the word anymore <laughs> <laughs> so far back and the old the old smeary mimeograph
1: I remember and
2: I needed a I needed a cover for it so I uh, uh, had a friend who was a printer and a pastor and a printer as well and I said hey could you uh, put a spiral binding on this mimeograph thing and uh, some kind of cover so it won't smear too much for my students He said, yeah, I can do that. And he told, he was also doing some publishing for P&R Publications at that time, Mm -hmm. Presbyterian Reform Publishing Company. And he showed it to them, and they wanted to publish it. So that was how it got
4: into print.
1: Excellent. Yeah, people are, pastors are still having the same problem. Uh, before not with I, mimeograph, not with mimeograph. <laughs> mimeograph no, but, problem. No, <laughs> no,
2: no that, the, that's a good. That's a good solution that we've made to the mimeograph problem. Yeah, there
1: was I progress mean. made there for sure. Yeah, right. But I'm talking about the problem of of uh, realizing as you're pastoring that um, you you're working with people that have problems, and you in your mind believe that. Uh, your training should provide you a way to help them from the scriptures. And, mm-hmm. and I had, I was not a pastor at the time, as you know, Jay, I was teaching an adult Sunday school class and people were asking me for help for problems privately after the class. And, and um, with my background, I had been raised Roman Catholic. I had turned from that and everything studied the world's religions and was an atheist for a while. You may not remember the whole story, but um, when I finally got saved, I knew from my my past, that the answers were really in Christ and in the Word. I just knew it. And when I began to try to strengthen my ability as a Sunday school teacher to help people with problems, uh, it was getting beyond, the questions were getting beyond my own personal knowledge of Scripture. So I went to the bookstores and bought books off the shelves. And I won't mention the names, but you know them, the the guys that were writing in the 70s about pastoral counseling, and I could not believe what I was reading. Mm -hmm. I was astonished Mm -hmm. that... uh, me who was only a, a four year old Christian was able to critique these books and know scriptural passages that refuted what they were saying. They were coming from a psychological base that made no sense. So I was I was a confirmed, committed person to believe the Bible had all the answers. I just didn't know where they all were.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um a course in psychology at Kent State convinced me even more so that there was nothing out there. So when I found your book, Jay, it was it was water in the desert, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just just an awesome find for me. You're not so the g-
2: first one who said it was all wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh, I mean that genuinely though. It was just God saying, "Yes, there the, the answers are there," and. Uh, and of course, I—I I don't know if you remember. It was a long time ago, but I finally met you not long after that in Philadelphia, and basically harassed you for for two weeks at Gwen and Mercy, and tried to pick your brain. But I, I so much of appre-
2: harassing me now. You got me on a broadcast like this. Yeah, I can.
1: I can you never let up, do you? I don't. I don't. I. I'm I, I'm a learner. I want to learn, and I appreciate people who can teach me. But uh, so anyway. Uh, one of the things that happened back then for you was uh, you began to get criticized.
2: And, oh, yeah, sure. Uh,
1: yeah, and, of course, you still are today, and, some, and those of but, us but are sitting. The
2: sit- main, real difference is, is that there's not the same kind of criticism today that there used to be. There are an awful lot more people who come to the meetings now that we hold and where we have Q&A period, and instead of how it used to be where people would say, hey, how can you believe this kind of stuff, uh what we're getting now more and more of the kind of questions in fact, almost all of them these days are hey if i'm if I'm doing some kind of counseling with this kind of a person, what do I say, and what do I do, and what are the scriptures? so it's it's a real change in mm. the whole atmosphere of things
1: well would you, are you calling that criticism
2: No, no, no I'm no, saying no. that the criticism has died out
1: okay all right
2: and that's a wonderful thing and the the, the fact is that there's a whole new generation today. And the young people today who are, are coming to our meetings uh, have realized, I suppose, that mm-hmm. uh, there was nothing in what came earlier mm-hmm. and that many of these things just died out as there was one uh, system that came along after another and you had to retool and retool and retool. And, uh, you know, some people just got discouraged with that. And so the older ones uh, uh, gave up, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, hold on a second, Jay. Listen, folks, if you're tuning in right now, you're listening to Dr. Jay Adams, author of Competent Counsel and some hundred books after that that deal with counseling from the scriptures in a sufficient way. But also he's written books on preaching and other topics of great interest to those of us who believe in the sufficiency of God's word. And I want to invite you to call uh, at 888 uh, 677 Nine six seven three. That's toll free. Eight 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 six seven seven ninety six seventy three. Jay, the early critiques in the seventies. I, I was so astonished when I read Competent to Counsel because after going through a number of other books, as I said, uh, from the very first page of reading your book, I told my wife, I said, "This is this is it. This is finally somebody that agrees with me. The Bible is all we need." And and I, I devoured that book, and of course in that book you had footnotes and references to uh, some other books you had just written, so I devoured those as well and then met you. But I was so excited, I began to talk to other people. In fact, I knew some pastors, and I knew some people who were Christian psychologists, and I mentioned to them, have you heard about Dr. Adams? Have you heard about this new thetic counseling kind of thing? And I was shocked to find faces looking at me like— um, with distaste, they they had a bad taste in their mouth from whatever exposure they had had, even in the earliest years, the early seventies, of the newthetic counseling movement. So I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions, Jay. First of all, uh, the question for those who are listening who said, what, "What's this guy saying? Newthetic counseling?" They may have never heard the word newthetic. So could you give us a brief description of why you coined that phrase, what it means, and then we'll get to the second question about the critiques
2: that it comes from a, a Greek word in the New Testament which of course was written in Greek uh, a word that the Apostle Paul used to describe his work of counseling people in his day and the word is a different word from any single term we have in English uh, and so because it is different uh, to say counseling merely counseling or uh, even pastoral counseling or something that sort of conjures up in people's minds wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really understand what the biblical concept of counseling is, and so we took the word and just brought it over. The word means it has three different elements in it, and there's no English word I know that has all three elements in it. First of all, it means uh, uh, concern for people. Uh, uh, sometimes the word is used in familial context, he says, "I counsel you as my dear children." When he's writing to the uh, uh, Corinthian church, and so you you have that kind of warmth in the word of uh, of saying, uh, I, "I care about you." So the first thing is is, is concern for the person you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. The second element in this word is is to confront a person uh, directly, individually, not just to uh, speak abstractly to someone but to really sit down and talk with him about the things that are a problem in his life. And the third thing is in order to bring about change uh, that honors God, that pleases God. So it's uh, care that leads to confrontation in order to bring about biblical change. Mm-hmm. That's what the word newsetic means. And so because there was no English word that had all those three meanings, and because there's so much freight Already attached to the word uh, counseling, or mm-hmm. half dozen other words that might be used that other people have used, uh, this scrapes clean all of those those connotations and starts fresh from the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's great. And, you know, that freight is important that you talked about, trying to avoid the freight. The problem, Jay, is, and when we get back from this next break, what I want to ask you about is the freight that's now carried by the term newthetic to a lot of people. That term bothers them. For some reason, there's some freight there. And I want, would like you to address that for our listeners. Listeners, uh, let me remind you to call us, 888 888- 677 9673, and you can talk with Jay Adams with us. We'll be right back after this break.
0: The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205. Or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. Do you desire to become more Christ-like? I want to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ-like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource Source log on to transformed into his That's transformed into his If you'd like to order a copy, call one 800 656 231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffy.
1: We're back here at Transforming Lives at whkwradio.com if you want to listen to us live streamed. And the past programs that we've had here on Transforming Lives are available uh, on our website to be downloaded for free. And uh, you're welcome to do that. That would be at www.bci-ohio.com. BCI stands for Biblical Counseling Institute Ministry. We started some years ago to offer training uh, in New in Counseling to individuals, both pastors and lay people, so that they too can take advantage of the sufficiency of the Word of God to help people with their problems. And um, so we're excited to have the one who uh, mentored, you might say, myself and, and those that have been blessed through the ministry we started, and that's Dr. Jay Adams. Jay, when we left uh, just before the break, you uh, adequately, more than adequately, explained the definition of the term "nuthetic" for our listeners. And we appreciate that. Now, as I said, that, that very term "nuthetic" is, uh, has got some freight to it. Uh, it's got, there's some kind of a reputation, uh, that, that newthetic counselors seem to have. And we don't want to shy away from that. We're not afraid of that, but yet, uh, we want to have answers for people who have said things about nuthetic counseling, some of which, uh, I, I know I've personally heard, um, Myself, when I, as I mentioned that I had run into people and started to share how, my excitement uh, over discovering the the, the uh, works that you have written and, and the whole movement of biblical counseling, and some of those critiques were along the lines of w- that word that middle C you talked about, confrontation. They um, they're uncomfortable with confrontation. Some of these folks, or even today. Confrontation, uh, whether it's political in our culture, everything's got to be politically correct or even Christian correct, you might say. Uh, We don't want to confront people. We don't want to offend people. And there's some kind of a picture that nuthetic counselors are people who, um, when someone is hurting with a problem, the first thing on our mind, the first thing we say is, You're a sinner. You need to repent and I'll pray for you, and here's what you need to do. And, of course, I know that you don't practice that. I don't practice that. But how did this get started? And what do you say when you hear those kind of critiques?
2: Well, I can't tell you exactly how everything gets started because I'm not in the other fellow's shoes. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine what's going on, and I'll give you a little bit of a a background on that as best I can. First of all, uh, when I started writing about counseling, Uh, What I had to say uh, contradicted what most of those who were Christians who were doing counseling uh, had to say. Mm -hmm. They were saying what we need to do is to mix our Bible with the best psychology of the day, and then we'd have a great thing that would solve all the problems of everybody uh, that they needed to deal with. And so um, I was saying, no, we can't mix the two together. Uh, what we've got to do is we've got to take the scriptures alone when we deal with, as your radio broadcast says, non-organic problems. And uh, the uh, the point of this is that there were a lot of people who were threatened by that. Uh, this was what they had been doing, and this is what they had been writing about, and this is what they were going to maintain. And you you uh, challenge anyone uh, and his viewpoint where he has a lot invested of time and study and everything else, maybe even money invested in this in various ways. uh, And he's going to respond negatively to it if he doesn't buy into it. And he may not buy into it, not because it isn't true, but also because of the fact that it's threatening.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: So I think that's where a lot of the problems originated. Secondly, uh, there is a, a trend in seminaries that has been going on since counseling began to be introduced into seminaries. That was—that um, said to pastors, look, you can go out and you can deal with the minor problems, but you dare not deal with anything that's of, of any severity at all. You may do more harm than good. And so the pastors themselves were brainwashed when they were in seminary, and they came out with those conclusions. Uh, then, of course, when this all hit the fan a little bit and got around and people knew that there was such a thing as an aesthetic counseling around, uh, people began to talk about it. And there's an awful lot, I found a lot of gossip around about what we believe that just mm-hmm. isn't anywhere near mm-hmm. truth and has no basis in truth. And a lot of people say things that they don't know, uh, they don't know what they're talking about because they've never really read any of the material, they've never encountered a mm-hmm. aesthetic counselor. They've just heard from somebody else that it's not very good, better stay away from that. That's, that doesn't agree with uh, what our seminary professor taught or whatever. And uh, so uh, I have run into people all over the place who have various ideas about aesthetic counseling and are just, for the widest, uh, just the widest and wildest kind of thing that could possibly be, widest uh, distance away from us that uh, those, those views could be. I think there are that, that's some of what's going on, and there may be a good deal more. I wouldn't say that uh, there's too much malicious attack by seminary professors or others who are writing in the field, but there's even been some of that. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. I've heard of some of that, too. Glenn, you uh, Well, Doc, I can just speak to uh, the matters of seminary. This is Glenn? Yes. Okay, Glenn. About, go ahead. About 10 years ago, in graduating from seminary, when I took uh, counseling, pastoral counseling in seminary, I was uh, given... Basically, two, uh, separate paradigms um, by the the uh, professor, and told you pick one. And one was what you have just described uh, before, which was integrationist, and that I don't know that we've used that term yet, but that would be right. the term that means which, to mix the Bible with uh, psychological views. Right, and um, and then the, the other was basically the sufficiency of the Scripture. And there was one man who was a proponent of the integrationist uh, movement. And uh, then your name, of course, came up. Um, and I, I would say this by the grace of God, I landed on, you know, the sufficiency of Scripture. But uh, in in the count, in the um, seminary setting, that's the way that we were taught to counsel. Here's two here's two basic forms of counseling. Now choose one.
2: Well, at least you had a choice. Mm-hmm. In yeah. those places there wasn't even that much.
3: Yeah. That's uh, right.
2: The um, the interesting thing is, is how could anybody possibly say that you could hold to Uh, Opposites take your choice.
3: That's right. I mean,
2: this is a strange presentation. Presumably, your prof who said that just didn't have a view
1: himself, or he was being politically correct. I think. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I think he had a view, but and it wasn't the sufficiency view. But he was he was being more or less uh, open-minded, so to speak. You know. I see. I I would think, but that that would lead me to ask just one question too. uh Hmm. Speaking of nuttistic counseling, is something that I've heard frequently. Um, that you, you mentioned uh, pastors being brainwashed, and mm-hmm. um, when I, when the Lord really began to deal with me um, in ministry, and as you were saying, you know, you get into ministry, you need to deal with people. Uh, right. Yep. You know, if if the shepherd is going to deal with the sheep, the shepherd is going to get dirty, and you have to know how to deal with people, and the answers to give, and direction to give, and what what better than from the Scriptures? Absolutely. And when I really began to get passionate about this, um, I had someone that accused me of being brainwashed towards the newthetic <laughs> approach, so it was funny <laughs> for me to hear you uh, say that, that issue about brainwashing. But uh, one well, of the... the c-
2: interesting thing is is that uh, uh, when you talk about brainwashing, uh, we're willing to get in there and mix it up with these fellows. Yeah. That's not brainwashing. Brainwashing is That's just, right. uh, putting blinders on and being told this is what you got to believe, and don't you dare believe anything else. Yeah. And uh, if you do, uh, we're going to put some pressure on you one way or another. Right. And that's what's happened in a lot of cases. Uh, we're, we're perfectly willing to get in there and, and uh, talk talk about the differences and discuss them and see what the what the truth where the truth is.
3: And challenge one another with the scriptures. Of course. Yeah. Well, and this leads mm-hmm. to a question that I heard often, frequently, uh, especially at the beginning, and that is this is not all truth god's truth
2: <laughs> i've written a little book called is all truth god's truth that is a phrase that uh, came out a number of years ago from new york city from the gable from gableine uh, who used it with respect to christian education but then it was brought over into the the uh, uh, counseling realm and frank gableine has no uh, responsibility for that but uh, what what people will do with that phrase is they'll say, well, then, if there's truth in Freud and there's truth in somebody else, then uh, why shouldn't we use that as well as what, uh, what truth we find in the Bible? The fact is they presuppose that there is truth in these other people. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the scriptures tell us in uh, no uncertain terms in the book of John that when Jesus would leave, he would send back his Holy Spirit and that his Holy Spirit would lead the apostles into all truth. The Spirit of truth would lead them into all truth. Now, that's a tremendous statement. That statement is saying that we don't need anything more. Everything that we could possibly know or need to know about God and our neighbors and in counseling one another, uh, everything that we need to know was given to the apostles who wrote it then in the scriptures. So we either have all truth or we don't have all mm. truth mm-hmm. that is necessary for life and godliness, as uh, Peter went on to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a matter of whether you're accepting the scriptures or whether you don't accept the scriptures. Now, uh, the, the, the idea that Freud, truth comes through Freud is, is asinine <laughs> because uh, here's a man who believed in everything opposite to what the scriptures teach. Freud was a theologian. A lot of people don't realize that, but he taught theology. That's Mm -hmm. right. It was poor theology, but it was theology. He said man is not responsible for what he does. That was the essence of his view. Somebody else socialized all these wrong ideas into you uh, in your past, and so you're not responsible for what you do today. Uh, You just act according to the irrational mass of uh, material that has been socialized into you over the years. Well, that view is so contrary to Scripture, it couldn't be more so, because Mm -hmm. if man is not responsible for uh, what he does, then the the Scriptures are dead wrong when the Scriptures say that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that is the judgment. God will hold us responsible for what we do. We will be judged for what we do and say in this life. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of choosing either What the scriptures say or what Freud said, and that's the way it is with every one of these Mm -hmm. theologians who call themselves psychologists and who are just merely bad theologians. Mm -hmm. Jay,
1: what would you you say to someone that would say, well, yes, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, but what's to keep the Holy Spirit from dropping some nuggets of truth into Freud's brain or Skinner's or anyone else's?
2: The passage is very clear as far as the passage is concerned, and I'll, I'll come around with the concept in a moment. Uh, The passage is clear because he goes on to say, I will help you, he doesn't just say you'll know all truth, but I will help you to uh, remember the things that I told you, that I said to you when I was with you. So he was talking about uh, all the things that that he had spoken to them while he was on earth, that they could remember those without error, and they could be written down in the scriptures. So uh, that's the point about the passage now. About the concept of uh, the Lord dropping ideas into uh, uh, the head or the brain of Freud or Rogers or Skinner or, or whoever, um, we have no reason to believe that uh, okay. there's no biblical reason to uh, that tells us to believe that, and secondly, we have every reason to disbelieve that. Take for example, Freud is a man who is in competition, was in competition to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he. Uh, when he was a young man, was walking down the street, a young boy walking down the street with his dad, and a so-called Christian, uh, because the sidewalk was narrow, shoved his father off of the sidewalk into uh, the gutter where there was a mud puddle. And Freud said to his dad, he said, What are you going to do about that, Dad? And uh, his father said, Nothing. And uh, that grated on Freud, and he always remembered it, and he wrote about it. And uh, it, it's interesting that uh, to realize what Freud thought about Christianity, here was a man who believed that everything was symbolic, and what day do you think he opened his practice? He opened his practice on Easter Sunday, mm. which was a, de- uh, a a declaration of war against Christianity. Mm. He always had it in for Christianity. <laughs> now if you think God drops that into somebody uh, truth into somebody's head who's like that? Uh, and that we're going to get truth from God uh, in that form, then there's something wrong with your thinking, in my my opinion. Of mm-hmm. course, I don't think you think that, but there are those who think that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. Which is why the Scripture tells us in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the, of the, of the ungodly, ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners.
2: Absolutely. There are two councils in this world, and they've always been here since the Garden.
3: Exactly.
1: There's God's
2: mm-hmm. Word, and then there was the devil's Word, mm. yeah. and the interesting thing is is that when the devil uh when satan attacked adam and eve in the garden he attacked them through attacking the word of god mm-hmm. he yep. said has god, god said? said the first question in history was asked by the devil right. and uh, then he began to deny directly what god said god didn't say that you'll die he mm-hmm. just didn't want you to be like him mm-hmm. and so uh here we, and, and that has never changed. The devil has always attacked God's Word, and he's still in, at that business right yeah. now.
1: You know, Jay, one of the ways I put it is I say uh, there's truth, and then we have the devil's spin of that it was the beginning of politics I think I'm not sure but we're we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back and when we come back we're going to continue to talk to Dr. Jay Adams don't forget to call if you'd like to talk with Dr. Adams or us 888 677 9673 is the number you can also email us at com, and we'll be sure to get back to that email sometime in the near future uh, so Come back. We'll be looking forward to hearing from you.
5: So I was having my coffee the other day, and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment, the Christian development classes geared for all ages, or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger and another who struggled with worry, all by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs.
0: Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org. The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, Bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care.
1: Welcome back to Transforming Lives. For those of you who are tuned in right now for the first time, it's an exceptional program that we're hosting this particular night because we have a guest with us, and that's Dr. J. Adams, and a well-known author of over 100 books, although you may not have heard of many of them, depending upon where your head is at and what you've been thinking about or, or looking for in the area of counseling, biblical counseling in particular. But Dr. Adams has been called the father of the modern biblical counseling movement, which is a movement to bring counseling and uh, uh, in all of its facets related to non-organic problems back to the Bible the way it used to be. And Dr. Adams, we're thrilled to have you on our program.
2: Hey, Joe, I'm, I'm getting so old now, I think I'm the grandfather, not the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, that's our... Yeah, we haven't
2: heard anything from Gus much yet. Uh, <clears throat> how things going, Gus? You got
4: any questions? I certainly do, uh, Jay. Um, I guess I, I have a, uh, two questions. One is, uh, uh, how do you feel... The inroads uh, whether inroads have been made uh, from uh nank biblical counseling into the integration model, which seems to permeate the church growth movement
2: well i don 't know much about what's going on in the church growth movement of, in the way of uh, of uh, biblical counseling uh somehow or other having inroads into that system i don't think there is much in the way of inroads, but uh I just don't know because I'm not involved in any intimate way with any of the church growth movement uh, materials or or programs.
4: What about the church at large, Jay?
2: Uh, Church at large, uh, of course, I don't know about every church either, but I would say in general what I was saying earlier on, that there's been a real change. I think people have become discouraged with the whole integrationist approach. It hasn't done the job. We were promised years and years ago that it would. We had a whole spate of books that were published, and all kinds of seminary students were trained in the integrationist approach, Uh, and over the years, it has proven itself defunct. It simply has not done the job, and uh, so in many places, I believe that it has just simply died out, and a lot of people have been looking for something else, and many of them have found that uh, a biblical approach is really going to solve their problems the way the integrationist approach did not. So I, I think a, a great number of people are coming our direction uh, in general in the church, though I don't know about the uh, uh, the church growth movement.
4: Jay, that leads to my, my second question. Uh, quite often we find that there are not enough uh, qualified, licensed, or certified, uh, not licensed the wrong term, certified, uh, uh, biblical counselors and non counselors uh, in, in the area, and the demand for counseling is so great. Where do we send them? What do we do with them when we can't uh, bear the burden or the load and, and there are not many, uh, many of us to go around?
2: Well, of course, that's always been the situation. And uh, Jesus couldn't be in the same place, for example, at, the, at two or three places at the same time, And that's one of the reasons why he said, when I would leave, uh, when I leave, I'll send the Holy Spirit, because he could be in all places at the same time. And uh, he said, greater works are you going to do than I was able to do, because he was limited in time and space to what he could do. And, of course, the Holy Spirit was not, and could work through many more people, and therefore a greater number of works could be performed than otherwise. So I believe that the Spirit of God is at work in many, many people's lives who may not be certified. Now, uh, certification's a nice thing. That's why we started the organization called NANC, or National Association of Authentic Counselors. It's not fundamentally a training institution. It does a little bit of that, but it doesn't do that in depth. Uh, What it does is certify people who are trained. Uh, There are are places where a person can get trained today, and uh, not only uh, professional people like pastors or someone who's, who's a counselor in a Christian school or something of that nature. But also, laymen can get plenty of training. There are not only books galore out there. I heard you talk about some kind of a training program you have, uh, Joe, mm-hmm. and uh, I can tell you that I'm involved in one, which is a uh, a program that, that uh, has uh, hundred, close to 200 hours' worth of uh, training, it's a, a program called Newthetic.org that can be received, reached at that point. And uh, all the training that we do uh, is in that and, and is, is in DVD, in a form where a person can learn it in his own home. So there are programs around no matter where you are. And it's not necessary to go to somebody who's been, who has been certified, because we only do that because that helps to to single out the people that we believe really know what they're doing, but still there are people who've never gone through a certification process who know the Word of God well and who have been trained in one way or another in using it. So I think if you ask around adequately, if people uh, uh, turn to Nank for instance, Nank has a list of people who, in whatever community they may be, might possibly be reachable. Uh, There are some places like in Utah and Arizona, where those numbers are, are minimal, but then there are other places like out in Ohio where you are and in Indiana and uh, various other places down here in the south, where there are an awful lot of new thetic counselors, and they can be reached by almost anyone wherever he's, he lives so this is growing, and there're probably going to be people in just in almost any area where you can reach them in the days to come.
3: You, you could certainly look to nank dot org mm-hmm. Too to find you know some uh, certified biblical counselors.
2: What is that? N A N K?
3: N A N C N A N C.
2: Well, you know when people <laughs> when people hear Nank, they think about tank, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I just want to make sure we we'll get that clear to people.
1: That, that's the United Kingdom branch you're talking that's about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jay is is the situation? Maybe you know a little bit more about how uh, the the uh, biblical counseling growth is in the seminary area, and the Bible colleges, do you, do you have more uh, connection there where you could tell us that there's some encouragement?
2: Yeah, there's some encouragement and some discouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough seminaries have yet come along, in my opinion. There is master's seminary out there, which even goes so far as to have a master's degree mm-hmm. in biblical counseling. Uh, that's in California, where John MacArthur's uh, mm-hmm. school. And uh, there are some other seminaries like Westminster in, in California and uh, a few other places around too. But mainly, it's Bible colleges here and there uh, who have picked up on this and are teaching it. And beyond that, uh, even more so, the most most uh, uh, prolific way of teaching has been private counseling programs like your own and like ours, where so many people have gone through and have learned many things mm.
1: what's exciting to me jay i don't know how yours is yours is going i'm sure it's going well and probably far better than ours but we, we have more training classes set up in this coming year than in any previous year and i'm mm. i'm sending out more opening mm. it's that's very right. encouraging
2: well i that's what i said i think things are changing and uh, the reason why they're changing fundamentally is is that more people are discouraged about the the uh, institutionalized approach that comes from the seminaries and the colleges christian colleges uh and, uh, they're really been, they've been digging to find answers and, and then they the answers are being put out there by people like yourselves and, uh uh, they're finding them, they're, they're finding they are sufficient because the scriptures are sufficient.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Jay, we're going to need to go to our last break and we'll be back and uh, ask you a couple more, hopefully, challenging questions. Listeners, please remember you can call in and talk to Dr. Adams, and you need to call really quick because we'll be off the air soon. And if we're going to give any time to your call, you better call us now. And that would be at 888 677 9673. Come right back after these announcements to Transforming Lives. We look forward to uh, picking up our conversation with Dr. Adams.
0: Become more Christ like? I want to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource, log on to transformedintohislikeness.com. That's transformedintohislikeness.com. If you'd like to order a copy, call 1-800-656-0231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey.
5: So I was having my coffee the other day and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment? The Christian development class is geared for all ages? Or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger, and another who struggled with worry. All by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs.
0: Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org.
1: And welcome back to Transforming Lives. This is Joe Propri, director of Biblical Counseling Institute, and we're here with Gus Supan and Glenn Dunn, both area pastors who've joined me and and have these past weeks in offering the sufficiency of the scriptures to handle the basic problems of life. Excuse me. Dr. Adams is with us today, Dr. J. Adams, and he is, of course, the uh, author of multitudes of books on biblical counseling. He has served on the faculty at University of Missouri, where he taught homiletics and counseling pastoral work in in bettler in philadelphia he's been an editor of the journal of pastoral practice and and jay has been all over the world basically we got england france holland germany austria switzerland spain north ireland south africa canada brazil guatemala new zealand australia and china all places where jay has been asked to come you
2: make me feel tired when you read all that
1: i know i'm tired just reading it myself
2: wears me out just thinking about all that
1: jay a quick question uh We've asked you your take on things currently in our country, in the state of the church, and seminaries. And uh, what do you what do you see around the world? Is there a wider acceptance or is there hostility? Where the uh, the approach of trusting the scriptures alone? How does that approach um, come across in some of these places where you've lectured in your contacts with those folks?
2: Of course, the responses are varied according to the place. But uh, one of the interesting things is that. Uh, well, I'm not traveling any overseas anymore, since I'm getting up in the years a few, and uh, I've had a few physical problems mm-hmm. I dare not travel with anymore in, in, in distant areas. How,
1: how old are you now, Jay? 76,
2: almost 76. 77. Um, uh, but while I'm not traveling, a great number of our men are traveling now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, in South Africa, where I had a, a fairly decent acceptance a couple times that I was there, we now have Wayne Mack, who lives there mm-hmm. and who teaches counseling. Right, and uh, we have uh, George Cipioni, who uh, has worked with me for years and who travels to the Czech Republic and has all kinds of good response in, in counseling. And and this this could be multiplied all over the place by men who are going out from this country who are biblical counselors and who've been training others in in counseling. Mm-hmm. Right now, in our program, we have uh, four. Uh, no, we have six people from Brazil. Who uh, are, are taking training in our own program up here, up here, down here in South Carolina, and uh, it's down for you fellas. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking of Brazil, being up here from Brazil, mm-hmm. but uh, it's down from you. And um, you know, the, this this trend has uh, multiplied. We have a number of our men now going around the world uh, training others and setting up counseling uh, programs, and they seem to be successful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Jay, in, in the few minutes that we have left, we thought maybe it would be good to ask you to share with our listeners uh, who may still not have a picture of what we've been describing. They're still kind of new to the concept of trusting the Bible alone. Could you, could you in just a few minutes, say four minutes or so, be able to—and it's impossible question—a minute thirty? I guess you, don't, you won't have but a minute or 30 to, to take this. We were going to ask you something to compare a, a counseling model uh, biblically as opposed to the world with, with a particular problem, but we won't have enough time for that.
2: Let, let me make a suggestion. Yes, sir. Uh, I just published a new book. It's called The Case of the Hopeless Marriage, and mm-hmm. I published it for one reason alone. I know there's been a lot of gossip around. I know that even within our own circles, not everybody understands exactly what we're doing in counseling, and sometimes I've uh, run into things that are called newtetic counseling that I I wouldn't call newtetic counseling. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wrote a book in order to give some kind of a sample of what a uh, newtetic counseling might be like, and anybody who would like to know what it's like can get that through timeless texts. It's called The Case of the Hopeless Marriage, and what it is, is a nuthetic counseling case from beginning to end uh, in 10 sessions. Uh, and a person could kind of peek behind the door and get an idea of what's happening by uh, taking a look at that. They could probably get it through your group. Sure. They could get it certainly through timeless text. Absolutely. And timeless text uh, you can get on the Internet as exactly. well. Exactly.
1: Dr. Adams, we want to thank you for being with us. We're running out of time. Would you would you mind uh, joining us in the future program in a couple of months or so?
2: Oh, anything's possible.
1: Okay, thanks again, Doctor Adams, and we want to thank you for listening to Transforming Lives. This is Joe Propri, and we encourage you to listen in next week from seven to eight here at WHK Radio. God bless you, and God be with you.
0: Been listening to Transforming Lives, brought to you by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. We invite you to visit our website at bci ohio.com. That's bci ohio.com. There you will find information about BCI, our resources, course offerings, and available materials. You may also write to the Biblical Counseling Institute, 8146 High Street, Garrettsville, Ohio, 44231. Your prayers and financial gifts for this ministry would be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. This program has been sponsored by the Biblical cards, Counseling money, Institute. Of Forget the card Ohio. store. Visit
2: CrossCards.com. Share the love, the fun, and God's inspiration for free. CrossCards.com.
4: Are you losing your hair? Fight back with Avacore. Now with Boost, which gives you visibly thicker hair with the first application.
0: I'm twenty years. Old.